Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for uh, joining us here on the Seek Outside podcast this week. Uh, we got a really good episode coming to you. Uh, we got uh, Jeff from PN Wild joined us, and we we're talking a little bit about the Washington Bear issue, as well as um, you know some spring turkey stuff. So hope you enjoy it. Uh, just wanted to remind you guys we will be at BHA Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Rendezvous this week uh, up there in Missoula, Montana. So come check us out. We're going to be doing a couple seminars on Friday and Saturday uh, on the main stage. So if you guys are going to be there, definitely check those out. Um, or just stop by. I'm sure you'll see us. We're, we're going to have a bunch of tents set up, including the courthouse. I know a lot of people have been wanting to see that. So uh, come check us out. If not, if you have no idea what BHA is, definitely check it out and definitely join. All right, guys. Welcome to the Seek Outside Podcast. And then you should, you think that's bad? See Ryan on the phone in the office. Some people are just wired that way. Uh, we got Jeff from PN Wild. Uh, Jeff, why don't mm-hmm. you kind of tell us what you do over there at PN Wild, what you guys are about, and uh, maybe what your what your favorite way to cook uh, turkey cloaca is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me on first thing. And uh, yeah, so I'm Jeff with uh, Pacific North Wild or PN Wild, however you guys like to say it. Lots of people uh, get confused, so I just like to say Pacific North Wild, and it kind of hits home after they think about it for a minute or two. But um, our logo and branding is all just PN Wild, so that's how you'll see us out there. Uh, we started off a couple years ago, back in 2016, just being a, an Instagram, uh, social media, like just a media content page. Uh, started out like with a reposting, you know, people's hunting success around Washington State and uh, the Pacific Northwest, and then it kind of just grew into my obsession with photography and. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to kind of transition this page over to just, you know, all, all original content from us and, and from our hunts and our adventures around uh, the Pacific Northwest. And uh, look at us now, I guess just a couple years later and five years later now, um, we are just a, a bunch of dudes that love to get outside and we just tote ridiculous amounts of camera gear with us and, and just try to document our <laughs> trips and our adventures as best we can. And uh, we really pride ourselves with our imagery. Uh, photographs and, and video work, although video work has not been a priority of ours um, until just how it's really just taken over, you know, the the social media and just it's uh, digital content um, is obviously it's just king now is is video work. So we all are aware of that with uh, Instagram Reels and TikToks and and YouTube Shorts and um, it's just kind of the transition. It's uh, the the mighty beast of social media changes and you just got to be there, be prepared to to roll with those punches and, and we've kind of our bread and butter has always been our, our imagery just kind of our our still imagery uh we've worked with tons of brands around uh the hunting industry and just been you know super uh hammered uh hammered at home to just take the best stills that we possibly can and and just over deliver and and just have a blast with it that's our that's our number one goal here is just have fun doing things that we love to do outside and just take pictures and I'll, it's kind of just changed into um yeah go ahead all I heard was just been super hammered <laughs> and super hammered at home. Yeah. And we've just been hammer, super hammered, hammered the whole home. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There has been some bush lattes. That's for sure. 
um, after a good successful hunt, you got to get into that cooler. So yeah, yeah, man, that's uh that's basically, that's basically the 30,000 foot view, uh, of, of peeing wild. Just, I know I said it quickly, but we've just, our, our goal has just been take, take awesome pictures, do awesome things, document our trips and adventures, and just most importantly, have fun with people that you love to be with and, and good friends and meet people and, and just have a blast and just document it. That's kind of our, our, uh, our recipe. <laughs> it's yep. not very tricky. Have fun and document it. That's really what we do. Yeah. That doesn't suck. No, no, it's a <laughs> lot of fun. It's working too, man. I mean, like I was just telling you before we got on, but you know, we use a lot of your guys' photos on our Instagram page and we're always stoked when we see them because you guys take some some dope moody shots that I feel like kind of encapsulate the, the Pacific Northwest up there. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Appreciate yeah. that a ton, man. Yeah, man. So so this podcast I think might be a long one. So folks, buckle up. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. cover off on three things. Um, and I think we'll probably go in order. So the first thing I want to cover off on is recapping your turkey hunt. I want to kind of talk about turkey hunting in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, looks like it's very different from maybe what a lot of people are used to. I want to cover off on that. I want to cover off on, uh, you guys have a spring bear hunt coming up. So maybe like some of the Mm -hmm. popular gear preparations, um, things that go into that. And then lastly, the beast I want to cover is um, the Washington State Bear Band. You guys are obviously based in Washington (laughs) State. And uh, we'll save that for last because I'm sure we'll get a little riled up about it. Um, But yeah, man, why don't you start off with talking about your your most recent turkey hunt there in uh, in Washington and and explain how amazing it was. It looks awesome. Looks like it was awesome. It was, man. Yeah. So uh, fairly new to the turkey hunting stuff, just kind of uh, filling the gaps with content around the year, like you were talking about. Um, first, Ryan, uh, before we hit the the record button, is you know our season's never really like hunting season itself is never really over for for the people that are just absolutely obsessed. You can you can legitimately just keep rolling and find something to chase legally with a tag. Um, you know, beginning of the year, let's just start January first. Uh, just and we're gonna go down rabbit holes, but podcast for rabbit holes. January first, when let's just say the the calendar year rolls over, um, you got waterfowl. And, mm-hmm. and we love waterfowl now. We just kind of started that as well. We got uh, Pee and Wild got a lease. Um, and we are just very blessed to have the Pacific Flyway right here in our backyard. And, and our lease is, is legitimately 11 minutes from my house. So we hammered it. And I got to tell you, uh, waterfowl is very addicting. I can see how there's just yeah. waterfowl freaks. And uh, like I said, we're right here, blessed to have the Pacific Flyway. We got a couple species that the rest of um, the United States doesn't get, you know, like the Harlequins. You know, you got Alaska and BC gets the Harlequins, those sea ducks. Those are very, very pretty. I've yet to chase one. Um, I don't think I'm ready to chase one. You're allowed one a year here in Washington for the Harlequins. Mm. So that's that's very cool that we have some species like that that the rest of the world doesn't really get to, to chase. Um, so the Pacific Flyway is awesome. We got tons of opportunity here we got an extended snow geese season that goes into um a pretty decent chunk of february um and they up the limit during that they open up some regulations where you can actually use electronic calls for that 
Um, throughout the regular season, you're not allowed to use electronic calls. And then that extended snow geese season in, in Skagit County, um, you can. So obviously the snow geese are, are a pest. They'll destroy fields and, and crops and stuff like that for farmers. So they're an mm-hmm. absolute just um, uh, nuisance to a lot of people. And they open that up. So you can hunt, uh, you can hunt waterfowl into mid to that second quarter or second, third week of February. And then right behind that, is uh spring turkey um opening up april 1st or april 15th um in between that little gap you can always go chase cats and and uh that being you know bobcats or cougars it's open here in washington until march 31st um and then you can fill those gaps in with coyotes so right there those first four months is is already you can chase you know animals all year around here and then we get into spring turkey and that's what I have very recently, most recently, uh, set my sights on, and man, I'm kind of spoiled to go with Samong Yang, uh, Sai Outside. He's just a, another Washington content creator over in Spokane, and that guy is just a turkey whisperer. He did some things that I have never seen anybody else do. Like, guys, I'm not joking. We were, he was calling this Tom in. Uh, he was roosted. We got in super early. Uh, we got down this logging road. So we woke up at like three, got down this logging road super early, uh, hiked like three or four miles in. We have this Tom just going off. We're sneaking in as close as we can. And Samong, it takes Zach up and me and, and Bobby and, and my brother-in-law, Josh, kind of back back uh, back in a ways. And I get the I had a long lens on, so I'm kind of filming uh, down this logging road and hoping this Tom is going to come in. And Sai is just going back and forth very softly with this Tom, um, we're pretending we're still roosted. And then this guy, I've never mm-hmm. seen this stuff before so you guys might uh have seen this but i'm going to kind of reenact it for you guys you guys get to see me so Perfect. i'm watching samong and this guy is just like very lightly chirping back to this tom and he's got this tom just you know on fire and samong like pulls his arm sleeve down and i'm like what is he doing i'm like maybe 30 yards from him and he's like pulling his sleeve out of his arm like this and he's got his sleeve like this kind of like droopy so like you're pretending for listeners if you're pretending you don't have an arm in one hand your sleeve's all droopy he pulls his it's a puffy jacket from kuyu pulls his sleeve like this and then like as fast as he can he does this to pretend you're flying out of the roost and it blew my mind like his puffy jacket was like slapping his leg and he's doing this like really fast sounding like you're <laughs> a bird flying out of a roost and i'm like bro what? this guy's next level man <laughs> like yeah and it worked and like this tom is just coming unglued and he's just coming now like we can after Samong did that it was maybe like another minute and we heard him fly out of his roost and now he's just beelining it towards us and i'm filming everything so it's just it's going to be an amazing film uh it's going to be on our youtube channel p and wild and it's uh, i just released a teaser for it and it's called beyond the Saw gate uh, i'm sure you could, yeah um yep. so it's called beyond the gate um we uh it's just you know, an, a very corny way to say we're going back in on a closed rogging road and, and tearing up some country back there for some toms. So it's a, it's going to be an awesome film. It's the first time where I've just filmed everything. Um, you know, like no one contributing except for Samong. Sometimes me and Samong uh, split up a little bit. So I use some of his footage and, and I'm going to give him our footage and we're doing an, uh, an, a giveaway at the end of that one. But just watching this guy, someone who's so proficient in the turkey woods and he's got it so dialed, like that's his bread and butter was, uh, you know, turkeys. He lives right there in Spokane. So he's like 30 minutes from this hunting spot. And this guy just lives and breathes turkey hunting. And he's so proficient at it. He knows them so well. Um, we ended up killing three toms, uh, or three turkeys. There was two Jakes, one nice, really, uh, old Tom. And then two younger Jakes came in and, uh, we actually got both of those 
uh, with one shot, which is amazing. It's all on film as well. Um, but I'll go over that. So Bobby, uh, going back to Samong and just his proficiency in the turkey wedge and just knowing like what to expect. Like there's, there's certain people that can, you know, read animals and, and read their temperature and, and kind of call like, Hey, this guy's coming in. But so this is what Bobby and him kind of like recap, you know, we're back at camp and Bobby's like, no, the Samong called this turkey in on a rope and then told me exactly which way this guy was going to come in and what log to set up on and what branch to aim at. And the turkey just did everything exactly what Samong said he was. And so this guy just being able to, you know, cut your teeth. I, I know we're very blessed to go and, and do things with certain people. Uh, but watching this guy talk turkey and do turkey things like you're just cutting that learning curve so far down that it's not even almost fair like i get to watch this guy you know like i I just like hats off to this guy for learning it right like learning the ins and outs of turning turkey hunting this is years like a decade of turkey hunting um and lots of years unsuccessful and now this guy just goes out there and he's just like, yeah, whenever you guys want to come over, I'll, I'll take you out. So we just did everything, dropped everything, um, drove over and just get to follow him around and just bleed or soak up that knowledge that he's just like oozing out and just watching him. Like, I'm sure you guys have been in that situation, whether it be big game or, or waterfowl or Turkey, whatever, even fishing, just, you know, like a mentor, having a mentor take you through and show you the little things like I never in a million years would have thought of like, let's pretend like we're coming out of a roost, you know, like who does yeah, that? Like, that's, just that's these, like crazy. next level things. Yeah. It was, it was absurd, man. And, and he's just so, so humble and so not arrogant. It's just like, it's so easy to talk to him and, and ask questions and learn from him. If you guys have not watched any of his YouTube stuff, I highly recommend it. He's very educational and just like the salt of the earth person. There's no one better than that guy. Um, and just, just totally out there doing it for all the right reasons. Just loves being outside. Um, so I would, uh, I would highly recommend just go watch size stuff and, or Samung stuff. His, his channel is called Sai outside or Samung outdoors. Um, his, his Instagram and, and YouTube are different. So it's either Sai outside or Samung outdoors. And he just puts up a lot of uh, educational hunting content from around the Washington state, Washington area. And uh, yeah, that guy is a Turkey God, just a, a whisper. And, and he's just a, he is man. Like I can't even I can't even explain it. Like he knows what to say and when to say it and when and how to say it. And he'll be like, "No, this turkey's not worth going after." And I'm like, "Can you please explain?" Like this guy's going nuts, yeah. you know. And he's like, yeah. "Oh, he's explain, got please. he's got three hens. Did you not hear him purring and spitting and and, and drumming?" And I'm like, "No, I didn't hear any of this. What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Yeah, now on to the next." Um, he's just uh, he's just one of those guys that you, every time you're around him, you're gonna you're gonna take something home. He's a, a great guy and, and just a. a, a a superior turkey hunter. So that was our weekend. It was almost cheating. We got to go spend a lot of time with him. Um, the first night or actually the first morning, first afternoon, uh, we set up on this Tom that's going bananas behind us. We set up, uh, on this intersection of a, of a shutdown logging road, you know, tucked off to the corner of it. And we set up a decoy and we start calling and, and we're waiting and I'm like, Hey, let's go. This guy's not, you know, he sounds like he's moving away. Let's, you know, keep going on. And, find a different turkey and someone's like no let's you know let's wait like 10 more minutes there's you know turkeys or you know some can come in silent and so i'm playing on my phone this is my camera set up on my tripod and uh, i have a 7200 on and i just like i'm right in super tight on the decoy and i'm playing on my phone someone's like 10 feet behind me to my right and then the shooter and another buddy's to my left about you know 10 feet so we're all kind of staggered and you know i figured you know if you're gonna have a big tom coming in it's gonna be very local are very vocal and loud and you're going to have plenty of time to wake my camera up 
And I'm, this is, you know, rookie mistake number one. I got my camera right in front of me. I'm on my backpack and my camera's, uh, you know, it, it's flipped open and, and, but it's off. I'm saving battery and I'm just playing on my phone cause I'm not hearing nothing. And for whatever reason, I'm just like scrolling and I look up and at the decoy, there's just three jakes on top of the decoy, like <laughs> boxing it up. Yeah. And I like, I'm like, glan- I'm like on my phone and I glance up and I'm like, <gasps> Oh my God. And I'm like, I'm like trying not to move fast and I got to wake my camera up and I'm just like, please don't shoot. Please. I'm never going to hear the end of this. If I, if someone shoots right now and I miss this and so I'm like waking my camera up as fast as I can. And yeah, and sure enough, I got it. I barely hit record and I just got, I'm super tight in. And that's the, in that trailer. If you guys saw it, um, two Jake's fall. And then like the one Jake goes up in the air and he's flying and he's coming down and like super, um, like silkies and, and, and like 120 or, or B-roll slow motion stuff. So I just got an absolute amazing kill shot. My brother um, was able to take, my brother-in-law was able to take two Jakes with one shot. They just lined up perfectly. And he didn't even like think of it. He was like, my other buddy uh, was with him, Pat Buck, shout out to Pat Buck. Um, he was with him and he's like, Hey man, do you have two tags? He's like, yeah, I've got both of them. And he's like, do you have them printed out right now with you? Right? Like, he's like, yes, I got them with me right now. And he's like, okay, well, why don't you line them up and, and wait for, wait for both of them to, to line up on each other. And my brother was like, okay, I'll try that. And sure enough, he just like both of like the little red heads get in line and, and he pulls it and they just both fall over. And the third one just goes up in the air and starts flying. And it was one of the coolest encounters. I mean, he, he hasn't killed many turkeys in his life, so he was totally fine taking a Jake, which is, Hey, it's totally legal. Go for it. I'm not going to ever condemn somebody for shooting whatever they're happy with. Right. So he was super jacked up, got to take uh, two Jake's home and uh, thanks for the Turkey pot pie, my man. It's right here. <laughs> That's always good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to that. So, um, yeah, super, super fun trip. Very educational. The next day we were on a combined probably eight or nine different birds, but I was not with Samong. We were missing the Turkey Whisperer. He was across the mountain on a different logging road with Bobby and Pat Buck. And they were making, we were trying to make in like this series of, of, of Turkey hunting videos. And after all said and done, I'm just like, I am going to do a mini film. This is too much good stuff to do to like break it up into episodes. So I'm just going to do one, um, like probably 20 to 30 minute just film of, of just spending a, a weekend or extended weekend in the Turkey woods with just great people. And, and hopefully the film turns out awesome. I've gone over a lot of the footage and, and made a, and made a trailer and even spent uh, the last day where, where we weren't hunting, getting some drone stuff. So it's all kind of tied in and, and uh, it's going to be a really cool film and I'm excited and I'm excited for next year to get back after turkeys. I know it's not done yet, but now it's kind of transitioning into that time of year where it's spring bear. Um, I know you kind of alluded to it. Washington took our spring bear hunt away. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into it, but, uh, just out of completely out of emotion, not science and data and facts. So I'm pretty still upset about that, but Hey, Washington doesn't want our money. We're going to travel around the West and, and go to a state that does take care of their predators and is able to manage their predators that like, uh, like a state should. So that's you don't, spent five you days don't in sound salty at all, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I promise yeah. no saltiness. No, little, little salty, little, little salty. salty, really upset actually. Yeah. Really upset. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's just how it played out was absolutely absurd. It's very obvious that there's an agenda that people are following and they're targeting um, predators because it's easy. Uh, it's an easy trigger to get uh, get people triggered on is, you know, the cute, cuddly Coca-Cola bear or teddy bear or Smokey the bear, you know, like, hey, should you hunt bears? Like they're, oh my gosh, some of the terminology that these commissioners were using in these meetings, it's like, oh, you get so angry. It's so Well, angry save it, man. Don't get, don't okay. get riled okay. up yet. Don't okay. get riled okay. up yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll save that. We got a we got a okay. climax there. 
but um, uh, yep. no, yeah, I, I do want to get to that because I especially want to get your opinion on it. But I had a couple questions just about the turkey yeah, hunt. So, so yeah. was this this was your first turkey hunt? You said nope, nope. So nope, nope. Not my first. It's just the it's just the newest animal that I've really fallen in love with chasing and looking forward to. Last year, I've done I've turkey hunted probably the last three or four years i got to hunt with simone last year a little bit too um there's a three-part series on our youtube from last year's turkey hunt um i was able to harvest one my brother was harvest one jacob harvest one and then jacob's mother-in-law was able to harvest one on film so there's a lot of we have a lot of cool um turkey stuff on our on our channel already um but it's just one of those where you know, Hey, let's go try turkey hunting. And then you do it and you're like, okay, I think I really enjoy this. Cause it's kind of like the waterfowl thing. Like I didn't think I was going to love sitting in, you know, freezing cold weather, uh, when it's raining sideways up to your neck and mud and, you know, squawking into a, uh, a little call, but yeah. boy, was I wrong. So, and it was kind of the same <laughs> yeah. thing like Turkey. I'm going to drive, I'm going to drive six and a half hours across the state to Spokane to go chase uh, a 20 pound bird that yields barely any meat, you know, when and I that's barely ugly meat, as you sin. still get, yeah, exactly. Yeah, ugly so as sin. Ugly, dude. yeah. So weird. <laughs> they're they're the goofiest animals. Yeah. They smell weird. Yeah. They're ugly. They barely get any meat, but oh my gosh, I would do it. I would do it 10 times over just to go with Samung again and, and be able to soak up that time in the woods. Um, yeah. Enjoying those animals. As soon as you, uh, Zach has never, so P and wild Zach, he was, he's never heard a gobble in real life other oh. than, you know, when we started, when we started P and wild and you get to hear him off in the distance when you're turkey hunting and stuff. So he's never targeted turkeys ever until this last trip. Um, Bobby has never shot one. I take that back. I, I lied. Uh, Bobby shot one at a buddy's house, like, which is cheating. He lived over in Spokane and they're like backyard pets, right? And they set up one morning and one came in. So it doesn't really count. We've never really <laughs> targeted turkeys to actually, you know, hunt them. And <clears throat> was an actual Ryan. Hunt. So, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just private land. It's not quite a backyard. It's, it's like the backyard <laughs> behind the backyard. Okay. <laughs> okay, got like, it. Yeah, it was more wasn't back targeting 40. nobody. I'm not, not mad 40. at nobody. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I so so we did a little turkey hunt film that we're we're kind of producing right now and gonna put it out. Awesome. We we went up to a spot that last year I was covered up in turkeys. I took my bow and I actually missed a shot at at a tom, but just tons of turkeys. We go up yeah. this year, and uh, I'm taking our buddy Austin out, who works with us, and it's his first turkey hunt. And you know, the whole time I'm like, "Oh, dude! Like, as soon as you hear a gobble, you're gonna be addicted to turkey hunting. It's gonna be, you know, it's just gonna change the whole thing." We go four straight days, and it was just howling wind for most of them. You know, cold. Uh, there was still snow. We didn't see a turkey, didn't hear a turkey. So after that, I was like, "You know what? Fuck this." I got a spot that it's it's not like guaranteed, but it's it's almost guaranteed. Um, and so I I went out and and shot a Jake, but um, th I mean the struggle's real out here, man. I mean, the, I think uh, I was hey, looking for at Washington in Western Colorado. It's like mm, it's I, tough. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I'm gonna go if if I didn't hunt on the on the preserve. It's not a preserve. But it should be. It, it basically yeah. is. But it's public land. But it's it's basically a a, a wild turkey like a sanctuary or something. Yeah, but yeah. You, but you can hunt on it. It's anyone could go there. Um, no, I won't tell you the name. Um, 
Unless yeah, you do that. unless you hook us up with uh, Samong for next year. Then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come come on out, guys. Come on out. You guys will. <laughs> yeah. You hopefully yeah. it blows your mind like I did because or like mine was because I've never. Now I'm gonna take this with me every time I go. You know, it's like yeah, check this out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the sleeve. The sleeve. The sleeve uh, move, this, man. This, yeah. Well, Dude, just things like that blew my mind. Sleeve. I was like, no. Yeah, it, man. But it makes sense. I mean, like it you does. think about like when you're calling elk in or something like that. You know. Well, yeah, because that. Like you're stomping brush, you're breaking stuff, yep. you're you're making the sounds that the animals are making. You know, like people, there's it, people out there that try to like snort and stuff like that for a bull. It, it makes reminds sense me that you do it with a turkey. It reminds yeah. me of that uh, of that thing that Remy Warren did. I think he said it on a podcast somewhere where he took his Nalgene and like held it the water bottle and poured it on the ground like a like a bull elk was pissing, oh, pissing. on the ground. Yeah. 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 That's a good one too. Never heard that either, but that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, you you bust out all the stops, man, and and Samung was, man, he was just talking turkey to this thing. And when he did that, though, I was like, "What are you guys seeing this right now? Yeah. Like, what is he doing, man?" That's, <laughs> yeah, at first, you're like, "What in the?" Like, oh, he's scaring yeah. him away. He's scaring him yeah, away. Yeah, I was what like, "What is doing? this? Like, what is this move?" And then when he did it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, he's acting like he's flying out of the roost." And then yeah. the Tom, the Tom did it too, and it's like, "Whoa, man, that's just next level." Well, I wonder. And, I wonder if it's it is it flying out of the roost or mm-hmm. is it when they. Cause you know when they go to like sometimes mount the the um, yeah yeah the it could be either one man yeah. they're just they'll, flapping they'll flap. there's yeah. another tom over there yeah, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. that picture he was painting to that to that other turkey uh, it worked because man that thing was fired up and either way I, I didn't think it would work yeah you probably oh, yeah, do man, either both. way either way it's just bird noises right yeah, it's just bird, yeah. it's just bird flapping noises. wings or flying down or yeah, yeah there's turkey fighting or batting or whatever yeah uh, but yeah it's a it's a total hoot man. Well, and I think it's, I think there's something to doing something different. You know, every, every turkey hunter out there is, you know, most turkey hunters out there, I should say, um, are, mm-hmm. you know, just doing the call. They're doing maybe, you know, two sessions of calls every 15 minutes or whatever. And that's about mm-hmm. it. They have a decoy, but if you can, if you can change it up and sound different, um, I mm-hmm. think that's, that's key. And you know, same thing with elk, same thing mm-hmm. with anything you're calling in ducks, like if you set your decoy pattern up a little bit different than, you know, the, the protocol there, um, yep. you know, it, it can definitely produce some good results. Oh so, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I don't think we're ever done learning really. And just like you said, with all those different things, setting up decoys or, uh, calling in elk or calling in turkeys. Uh, like there was a couple of times when Samong's like, dude, I bet you that would have been different if we had a, uh, a young Jake decoy and not a hen, mm, you know? And yeah. I was like, why, why is your thought process there? And he's just like, well, you're just going to get different reactions from different things. And if you got like a, a young, immature Jake, that's uh, a, of a Tom sees it from across, across the meadow or down a logging road or, or whatever, he sees that there's a young Jake over there and then you're making hen sounds. Now he knows like, oh, I'm going to go steal that hen from that Jake, you know? So there's just, you're totally just playing with different emotions at different times and we only just carried around two hen decoys uh now i know to grab a grab a jake and just leave one in your backpack just in case we had the abnx like inflatable ones mm-hmm. so you can kind of you can kind of tote them around fairly easily at the end of the day you can deflate it if you had to we just left them inflated in and, and just put them in the backpack but Mm-hmm. yeah super super interesting just like the depth that uh that turkey hunters will or turkey hunters will go just hunters and period man like we're just kind of talking about going back to waterfowl i had no idea you know yeah. i had no idea how crazy 
how crazy it could get. Like I was thinking like just super naive. Oh, you set out some fake ducks, you sit in the blind and go quack, 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 and you're just going to slay ducks. Right. And <laughs> absolutely not the case. Uh, I know, like it's just, I, I know I knew better. And then to, to actually go out there and see it again, I had a crazy mentor who's been doing it for decades and he's one of the, the best waterfowl hunters around here. And again, just getting to hold his hand and have him take us out and just show us the ropes again, kind of like cheating. Uh, and then getting a lease, it was cheating. Uh, but hey, I'm going to use everything that I can to my advantage to kind of shorten that uh, shorten that learning curve up. And, yeah. and boy, we're just having we're just having the hell of a time just I'm, learning, getting outside. And yeah, I'm a big but, advocate of like shortening the learning curve and like for uh, sure, man. And utilizing other people and and, and other things to to help you learn. Like uh, yeah, man. Like one time, this guy told me he's like, yeah, I feel kind of bad. Like the first elk I shot was like on a guided hunt. And I was like, why do you feel bad about that? And he goes, yeah, I just, yeah. it just, you know, I, I was having a hard time and I'd gone out a couple of times and just wasn't seeing elk. So I thought, you know, I would, I would help myself by getting a guided hunt. And I was like, yeah, makes sense to me. That's like, I think smart. you should absolutely 100%. do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's not good to beat your head up against the wall and, and yeah. just be frustrated when you only have and he was an adult onset hunter so that's i don't know how old he was maybe 32 30 mm-hmm. um you only have so many years of hunting left you know yeah yeah man you only yeah, got you 30 gotta... years of hunting left um and and maybe you don't hunt elk every season because you live out of state and you can't get tags or whatever um you, you know like you gotta you gotta do it quick and yeah. uh and he shot a really it's funny i was actually like just in that area and he shot a mm-hmm. bull that looked surprisingly like a bull i had i had got some got on video and so we were oh. like sitting there looking at his bull and then looking at my phone and being like is it the same thing and <laughs> it wasn't but man it was like really close because they were both broken in these in, in a certain spot and then and then we finally figured out based off the the length of his bull's six point which was mm. pretty which got was it. longer than the one that i that i had found I didn't shoot um, that. Bull, yeah, but I did. I'm, shoot I'm with totally, camera. I'm totally okay with people doing uh, yeah, yeah. whatever the hell makes them happy. Uh, there's well, no, uh, yeah, dude, yeah. and it's it's not cheating. If you've been on enough, like it, like that's why I had no reservations about going to private land after that public land hunt. It's like, you know, you put in so many days that you don't see anything or you don't hear anything. There's there's no cheating. I, I think uh, you know it's kind of like a reward, right? It's like. Uh, it's you kind of earn your 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 opportunities because you have to put in x amount of days in order to you know it's like the whole classic mantra is you know there's no such thing as luck it's it's when uh preparation meets opportunity or whatever you know that's kind of a, a similar theme with hunting so i i i have no reservations about a a lease i i grew up hunting on a duck lease and we had some bad days we had a lot of a lot of amazing days but there are bad days you know you catch a uh you know a bright sunny day in the middle of december where they all the ducks just want to go on some big big lake or something like that um you know it's it's not always guaranteed unless it's unless it's like a penned in elk farm that's that's cheating right and and i think uh all the you know boone and crockett they they acknowledge that um right it's not fair chase but everything else man it's it's fair game and especially if you're a a new hunter it's a good idea because 
you can listen to all the podcasts yeah. and you can you know listen to tips and tricks and stuff like that but but everything in hunting is so situational like you can't it's like like um you you learned during turkey hunting right i mean i'm sure mm-hmm. there was a time and a place where he's he's doing the wing flapping right but he's mm-hmm. probably not going to be doing that in the in the middle of the day or or you know I don't know if maybe he did, but in certain circumstances, he's not doing that. But if you were to just hear like, this is what I do, um, you know, like you can apply it to a thousand different situations and there's going to be a thousand different reactions from the animal. So, um, Oh, a hundred percent, man. Yeah. There's no, there's no hand guide for an animal to follow, you know? I wish there was. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's public or private land, they don't want yeah. to die. I'm sorry. They don't want to die yeah. <laughs> just because no. they're on private. Doesn't mean they're like, Hey, shoot me. I'm on private. It yeah. doesn't happen like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And someone, I mean, someone pressured. needs to drop a whole bunch of, of uh, hunting season leaflets um, all over the place so that the animals can find them. Um, and this definitely would be littering, <laughs> um, but it's paper, so it'll, it'll decompose, yeah. you know. But we, we need yeah, to drop right. a bunch yep. of leaflets to all the animals being like, hey, you know, like, don't, you know, like, uh, stay within these boundaries and do these things. And, like, when you hear bugles, go to them. Yeah. When you hear other turkey calls, go to those. <laughs> Um, when you see duck decoys, <laughs> yeah. go to them. Um, we, yep. should just, yeah. we should just yeah, just hang up some distribute them uh, yep. throughout the throughout the populations of wildlife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> we w- we won't shoot you. We promise. We won't shoot you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. No yeah. promises. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, cool, man. So, so one more question on the turkey hunting. Um, yeah, the way. I, I watched the trailer um, on YouTube, okay. and it looked like it was very thick country. Obviously, when yep. a lot of people think about Washington, it is very thick country. You know, logging roads, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, reprod. That's what they call it, right? Mm-hmm. Reprod. Yeah, reprod. Reproduction. Yep, yep. Okay. It's all. It's all like the. Yep. It's all like the replanted pine trees. Replanted trees after. after t- yeah. Yep. After timber cut. Reprod. Yep. And it's thicker than. Sh- okay. Mm-hmm. I yes, forgot we can. I forgot shit. we could curse on our own podcast. I was like, eh, "Should I say yeah. that?" Yeah, let it let it fly. <laughs> Thicker man. than shit. Let it fly. <laughs> Thicker than shit. Um, <laughs> but so so, have you hunted in other turkey terrain uh, that was different than that? And did you notice like a big difference in hunting that thick stuff in how you know you guys were hunting them than if you were hunting them in more wide open spaces yeah definitely so we were in in the spokane area which uh is still eastern washington obviously um but a lot of people listening they might know not know where spokane is so i live on the west side which is typically the the thick side the west side the the dense thick rainforest um so then we were thinking hey i'm gonna go to the east side it's all sagebrush and in wide open you know burn country excuse me, burn country. Not the case when you go to like the Spokane area. It's like that Northern Idaho Coeur d'Alene, yeah. uh, still super thick. Mm. Um, it's, it's a completely different, uh, it's a completely different terrain features in foliage other than like the, the East slope of the Cascades, East slope of the Cascades. You have the, the just picturesque, very beautiful, uh, rolling at the, at the skirts of it. You have sagebrush all the way over from the East slope of the Cascades probably too like the Moses Lake Spokane area. Then it gets start getting thick again, goes into that Northern portion of Idaho and even Northern Montana is, or Northwestern Montana is still thick as well. So 
from like Spokane, Moses Lake area, um, sneaking, sneaking east. It's pretty thick country up there. And we were hunting uh, decommissioned logging roads. And it's just kind of a free-for-all uh, have at it to close gate. That's what we're calling the film, Beyond the Gate. So it's just a closed gate, no motorized vehicles. After this, uh, you can ride bikes in there, horses, whatever. And then obviously you can hike in. And it's uh, I just took the drone up just for shits and gigs. So I took the drone up and it was like, whoa, this is some crazy country. Yeah, there's some clear cuts open or some reprod clear cuts. There's giant clear cuts that are, are years old. There's fresher ones, um, certain ridges over. And then obviously the stuff that we were hunting, which is still never been logged bottoms, super, super thick next to creeks and stuff. And uh, yes, very, very difficult to hunt. Very difficult to judge uh, where the uh, gobble is coming from. You know, yeah. you're walking down, walking down this logging road, and you guys, you know, simultaneously, everyone knows you hear it, and then you're like, everyone points different directions, and you're like, where was it? And then we're all pointing different ways, and like, all right, I guess we got to stop and wait for it to fire off again, and then we'll have a better idea. But yeah, it's very difficult, kind of hunting like. Uh, kind of like hunting elk in thicker country, but, uh, the turkeys were still just as fired up. They were still just as, uh, interested to come in once they heard you. Um, I don't know if it's just cause we had Simone, but of course we had our issues with, you know, setups. Where do we put mm-hmm. the decoy? You don't, you don't want to put the decoy where they can see it from too far away. And then they're strutting from too, you know, for too long. And then they're like, Hey, uh, this thing should be coming towards me because I've been sitting here puffed up, you know, strutting and flexing for 10 minutes. And I think that's what happened on one of our setups where, man, it was perfect. But we had this Tom just fired up. And I think, uh, I think we had the decoy too far out in front of us and he could see the decoy for probably 60 ish yards before he'd have to round the corner. And then if he did round that corner, he was dead because we were waiting for him around that corner. So we kind of snuck up and, and set the decoy down and then snuck back and he would just have to round this slight corner and he'd be dead. And, I think what we did wrong was we left the decoy out too far where he could see him while he was, you know, engaging in us coming straight for us. He could see the decoy and he was probably strutting and and doing his thing, uh, you know, scratching and and doing all the things that turkeys do for too long. It was just like, Hey, this thing is not, you know, not responsive to me. And then you have a good wind gust and now the decoy is just spinning. (laughs) And it's like, okay, it's clearly fake, you know? So yeah, there's a lot of learning lessons out there. Your setup is so crucial, especially in that thick country. And if you're going to use a decoy, you got to make sure that it's in a, in a, in a very good spot, you know, take a good educated guess. That's all we get to do as hunters take an educated guess. I think this will work, you know, and you go throw the decoy out and, you know, Sometimes it works and they come in and you get to shoot two at a time or in Bob's case, he comes into, you know, 15 yards and you blow his head off. So, uh, hopefully it works out like that, but most of the time it's still hunting. Like we just went through, uh, they don't, they don't want to die. I don't care what anybody else says. If it's public land, private land, you know, timberland where they allow you free access to hunt, it doesn't matter where they're standing. They don't want to die. You know, they're going to use all of their senses to, to avoid death. They're smart animals. They avoid it all year round. Um, just kind of thinking it when I take people out and I'm just like, Hey, these, these animals spend every single day out here avoiding death, whether it's hunters or if it's a cat or if it's coyotes or, you know, from the day they're born as a fawn or a calf or whatever, these animals are avoiding death and they are the best at it. And if you make one wrong run, one wrong move, these animals spend every day outside. They, they understand that if they hear a noise that is foreign to them, like, I don't care what it is. Like I, I, um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but my Idaho elk hunt, 
I had a muzzle loader and I stalked into a hundred and forty ish yards of a bedded six point and I was like, Okay, I'm gonna get as this is as close as I'm gonna get. I wanna wait for him to stand up and then, you know, hopefully he feeds toward me. And I had an old Harris bipod on this um on this muzzle loader. And as I stood up or like as I was setting the muzzle loader down, um, there was like some kind of loose I don't remember exactly what part it was, but there was uh, the muzzle or the, the bipod was loose. And there was a little tiny bit of metal on metal noise. And I was like, okay, that exactly. And I just remember like, I heard it with my ear and I'm like, oh no. And I like (laughs) pick my head up and look and the elk is standing, standing up now, staring at me. And it was just that slightest metal on metal and a dead, you know, dead calm November morning where it's just like six, eight inches of snow. So everything's just quiet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was just like, click, clink. And I'm like, oh, and I like look up and now this six point bull is just staring at me at 140 yards, completely broadside out of my effective range. And I'm like, I messed that up. I, it was a three hour stock and I messed that up from setting uh, the muzzleloader down. So uh, it's like, yeah, these animals are so turned on and they, they understand what is foreign to them. They understand what is natural sounds to them. And we make one mistake and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to pay that price. So. I don't care who you are. When it comes together, it's amazing feeling. Uh, be, uh, you should be super proud and happy to harvest whatever animal it is that you harvest. You know, animals don't want to die and they avoid death. And if you're lucky enough to sneak in and to, you know, successfully harvest and, and take an animal, like that's success in my book. I don't care what animal it is. They're, uh, they're awesome. They're awesome critters to, to hunt. I don't know who would knock turkey hunting if you've done it and given them a fair shake. They're very vocal and fun to engage with. You know, you could do it with a $3 box call from Walmart or handed down from Uncle Bob. You know, you can go out there and just, and you're going to hear a gobble, you know, and, and it's a fun, mm-hmm. it's very fun. It's a fun for kids. It's a, it's a fun one to, to, to notch the belt on and take kids out. You know, we've done that and it's, it's just mm-hmm. a blast. You know, you're out there hunting. Springtime is a very fun, alive time of year to be out. Birds yeah. are chirping. You know, turkeys are gobbling. Turns, flowers are blooming. It's turning green. It's just a great time to be outside. You could cha- you can look for sheds, um, spring bear. You can just, you know, cross a bunch of stuff off the list if you just go enjoy the woods uh, in that springtime. So highly recommend. Highly recommend. Yeah, man. Just getting back to the one point about that you were talking about, you know, elk and how they don't want to die and just animals in general what my dad always says is you know they're elk 365 days a year we're elk hunters like maybe seven days a year hopefully hopefully it's more than that but hopefully uh, yeah you know you're at a huge huge disadvantage there just because they're doing it all all year round and they are so good at i mean especially it's funny though because you know there's some times where you know drawn back a bow or something like that you know you can do it and maybe your your uh your clothing makes a little noise 100 percent, man yep but like sometimes they'll they'll look and sometimes they won't give a shit about it it's just it's so weird yep. kind of depending on the conditions mm-hmm. what's going on and what what an animal is thinking um yeah but yeah man so spring bear speaking of you guys got mm-hmm. a trip uh where are you guys going for spring bear not Washington. Yes, yeah, so we're heading to um uh yeah, <laughs> not Washington. Washington. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh no. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> uh, no, we're heading to Montana because they're a great state and they allow predator management. So we're going to go spend a thousand dollars over there in that beautiful state and chase spring bear. Um, yeah. So no, for all seriousness, we're heading to Montana. Uh, Zach just got back from Idaho for five days. Um, hopefully going to make it back for that one. He did spot a, we've all been there. He spotted an absolute monster of a bear on, on the first evening and then spent four days on that bear and never saw it again. So, uh, uh I'm sure we've, I'm sure everyone can relate. We've all done that where I found my target animal. I'm going to spend all my time cause I know he's right there. It's that time of year where he shouldn't be cruising a ton of country. You know, it was mid to late April. Um, it doesn't make sense for a boar like that to just be cruising. And I don't think he was, um, it was still snowing like crazy. Uh, Zach was spending some very, very long days of field underneath the tarp, uh, getting snowed on and rained on and fogged in on, but he spent four days, four complete days hammering the same hillside, trying to get different advantages of him, hoping, hoping, hoping he would turn back up. And, uh, unfortunately the bear got him this time. So, uh, we're hoping on going back to Idaho for another um, another trip in in maybe early June or late June. Um, if May ha- if May happens and we can sneak out in May, we're going to since uh, the tag's already paid for. It's that discounted tag. Um, so I think all said and done in Idaho, we're like three hundred bucks. Really? So it's very. If people are not uh, familiar or aware with that, uh, aware with the discounted um, certain GMUs, you can hunt it. Uh, you can get a bear tag for forty bucks. What? Um, in Idaho. Out, yeah, out of state a, tag? Out of state, non-resident, uh, certain GMUs, you can get a bear tag for 40 bucks. Um, huh. And that's what we've done the last couple of years in a row, and it's just our neighboring state, so they're awesome. They allow predator management. They're, uh, they don't have their heads up there, um, <laughs> you know what. So uh, they allow it. So we head over there and, and chase bears in that beautiful state. And uh, so now next week, we're going, um, we're going to Montana to do it again in a different state, and it's all three of us um, and some other folks. We're super, super excited about it. It's going to be a lot of good, a lot of, a lot of good times shall be had. Um, We're stoked. It's going to be completely foreign country to us. Never been there. Uh, Got a little bit of intel. Um, And yeah, we're just going to show up with, uh, with tripods and and optics and just glass our tails off and hopefully have a chance on, on chasing and stalking a bear. We're going to do, I think six days uh, in uh, Montana. So that's around the corner up for us next. Excited. Man, that's so awesome. We're we're kind of in the same boat as Washington is now. Just with our, sp- I mean, we had our spring bear. It's so funny, man. Because out here, you can, I think, you can shoot two or maybe even three bears in the fall, right? Wow. Basically, and a lot of the tags, like the elk and deer tags, you can you can literally just add the the bear tag on. I think it's like twenty bucks, and you got a bear tag for basically every GMU out West here. I mean, there's a few that, you know, there's less bears, but, but you can't hunt them in the spring. And it's like, it's, I mean, I guess here we go. I guess here we go into the, to the spring bear debate, but it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I mean, do you guys still have a fall bear season there in Washington? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's and it's very underrated. Our fall bear hunting is abs. I I would, I, I haven't done any fall bear hunting around uh, around the West, so I will say that. But our fall bear hunting, I have no need to, and that's probably the only time I'll ever say that I won't. I don't need the. I don't have the necessity to, or or want to even leave the state for a certain big game animal. But for fall bear, I think Washington could hold its own, and if not, it would it would uh, really give a fair shake to take the number one spot. I, again, I haven't hunted around the west but we're allowed to fall bear over the counter august 1st november 15th 
um, statewide. You can hunt them uh, from August 1st all the way to November 15th, and you're allowed to. Um, and we have bears in every single GMU that you can, like every single GMU in the state, we have bears. Every yeah. every single hunt. I was just thinking about this. Uh, it was the other day. Uh, every hunt I went on last year in the fall, I saw a bear. Whether yeah. I was bear hunting or deer hunting or not, every single hunt we saw bears. And and that's just a that's just a sad realization that we have here. We do not have a lack of bears. We are tied uh, with Idaho with an estimated of twenty five thousand bears. California is the only United State or state in the United States that has a higher estimated population. I think we're tied for second and third with Idaho and, and Maine. Um, California, I think, is estimated to have like thirty thousand. And mm-hmm. Washington, we just stripped away our spring bear season because of just stupid people, yeah. and emotions, lying, uh, following agenda, what you name it. We just, uh, we, they pulled it out of the hat for Washington. So, so why, why do people go after the spring bear season as opposed to the fall season? Could you kind of break that down? Uh, I, I believe that uh, it's just an easier emotion to trigger. I, I have no doubt in my mind that they're coming after our fall bear season now, now that they've taken our spring bear season mm-hmm. and they've kind of had the victory, if you will, quote unquote, they have a victory. If you, you see that posted all over the place, the humane society and, and PETA victory in Washington, all that bullshit. So uh, I have no, I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to continue uh, coming towards hunting. And I think predator hunting is the easiest target. Sure. We saw it years ago in British yeah. Columbia, right? They took away mm-hmm. the grizzly bear hunting in BC uh, last year. And for like the past three years, California has been a target and then completely out of nowhere. You guys will get a kick out of this if you haven't heard it. Completely out of nowhere, during, I'm saying this right, during the Washington State general modern firearm deer season, when all of the hunters are afield, right? If if you're going to pick a weekend, it was the second weekend of modern deer season, they chose to have this meeting. The Mm, second Friday of modern deer season. They, t- they choose that date to have this meeting and to strip our spring bear season when they had, it wasn't even on the agenda for this commission meeting. It was to look at uh, a certain unit adjusting tag allocation. And that was all that was said for spring bear. It was like uh, adjusting spring bear tag limit in a certain unit. Uh, I, I believe it was um, something on the West, on the peninsula out there on the very Western side of the state. Um, and that was it. And then all of a sudden after that meeting, we got completely stripped of our spring bear season. They led into it a a certain uh, number of our commissioners, Lorna Smith, absolutely horrible person. And then, uh, Barbara Baker, also, uh, another horrible person just going after spring bear on, on feeling, uh, not following science data and facts. Um, our, our bear population is absolutely booming. They're, they're saying things that bear are lethargic and easy targets. Um, if, uh, oh, you could shoot ca- uh, cows, you could shoot sows that are, are wet and have cubs. And, uh, with last year's data, the Washington department of fish and wildlife, uh, one ovulating sow was taken last year. Really? One and ovulating I'm, I'm sow. Assuming it's going to be on accident. Sow. Yeah. One, yeah. uh, one, I said ovulating. That doesn't, that means uh, I meant wet sow bearing, uh, does not mean that it was bearing a cub. The cub could have already been killed. Or the cub was lost at birth. You know, one sow was harvested that was wet. That was, that, you know, that had milk in the, yeah. 
Yes. Yep. Yeah. So one sow out of, I think, 120, 120 odd number of bears were harvested. And one of them was a, a, was a wet sow. And so that was probably still a legal bear for, right? I mean, is your tag like, legal. like ours? Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. It's a legal animal. It's not like a, there's poachers out there shooting sows. Um, in our, in our regs, it, it reads, we highly suggest, uh, or highly, we implore you or something to, to pass on a sow with cubs. Uh, it's highly advised oh. to, uh, it's not illegal to shoot a sow with a cub. Like in it, Idaho, it's completely illegal. That is, they yeah. state it in their regulations that it is illegal to shoot a sow with a cub. In mm. Washington state, it is not, it is not illegal to harvest a sow with a cub. It just says, please don't because it is, it's very hard unless you watch that animal for hours, right? If you were to spot that animal across the drainage, and like, okay, there's a, there's a black bear there. I can see it. It's at 500 yards. I'm just watching it. How do you know there's not a cub in a tree or a cub, you know, down uh, in the bushes? Unless you watch that animal for a very extended period of time. So I believe that is why Washington does not make it illegal because, you know, it's a, it's a very hard line to draw on uh, a sow with a cub. It's very mm. hard to identify sows to boars already. And then to throw in the cub thing. Uh, you think it would be a, a little bit easier if you were to watch that animal for an extended period of time, that, that cub, I've seen it plenty of times where you're watching a, an animal and you know, 30 seconds later, here comes the cub out of the bushes or behind the sagebrush. Oh my gosh, she's got two cubs, right? Yeah. We've all been there. We've all seen that. Um, but yeah, it is not illegal. And one wet sow was harvested last year and they pull it, they pull our tag because uh bears are lethargic and easy targets is exactly what they said those are word that's like word for word bears are lethargic and easy targets when they come into their springtime it is the mating season so we should not be hunting them and i'm thinking do you not know when the elk rut is do you not know what tur- spring turkey season is do you not know what you don't know the rut is for mule deer <laughs> yeah, exactly yep. that's like you yeah, want to bite your them. tongue right like but there was a commissioner there was a commissioner because someone said that um, there was a commissioner that did not know we hunted turkeys in the spring. And this is a really? Washington Department of Wildlife commissioner. Sure. Why are you even in that position? You should be fired immediately. If you don't know what you're protecting or what you're setting regulations for, you don't know our seasons. Why are you in that position? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in so, another completely. In, oh, go ahead. Well, I just. I, I wanted to have you break down that whole commissioner situation because it's very confusing because yep. I was just kind of doing some looking and what I saw was there was a vote, right, to, to ban spring bear season and it tied. Is that correct? Yep. And then there was like some weird situation where they, they had to hire somebody. Could you break down that situation <laughs> and just the, the chaos that ensued there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that, that, uh, that tie vote, was back in um the last year of 2021 that was when they they announced it during the modern firearm general deer season that they were going to vote on it they okay. voted on it i believe it was early november it came out to a a tie mm-hmm. and the tie does not go to the runner in this case being the 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 current season if there is a tie it goes to the let's be safe and cancel the entire season for whatever reason. So there was a tie on the commission vote. So they decided if with the tie, it ru- it reads that the season must be ceased at this point. So they called it a break, a pause. Let's pause the 2022 bear season, spring bear season. Um, the next step was 
BHA, Meat Eater, Blood Origins, um, a couple other uh, other groups around uh, the United States, around the country, um, filed legal petitions. Pian Wild started a change.org position, uh, a petition, and they got like 30,000 signatures. So we were trying to just wait, raise awareness, get this back to the commission, show the WDFW, um, hey, there's a lot of unhappy people here in Washington State. And Pian Wild, we are the ones who started that petition. I know it doesn't carry any legal weight, um, but we were hoping to to show them like, like the commissioners, if that got around to them, which I guarantee it did, they open this petition up and they see 30,000 signatures. Um, that, that kind of, hopefully you would be like, okay, maybe we made a little bit of mistake. You know, maybe we reacted, uh, you know, poorly. Maybe we made a bad decision to kind of pause it rather than let's evaluate, continue the season and, and evaluate, put the WDFW biologist, uh, you know, hands to the fire, if you will make them put over or bring forward more data, mm-hmm. more, you know, more observations, kind of like show us more intel and data on our bear population, show them what they want while continuing this bear season, but they did not. So BHA, meat eater, blood origins, all these people submitted a legal um, petition. There's other names I'm forgetting on that list. So don't hang me out the drive. I'm forgetting your name. That's just the one I just know Bryce was BHA and they were behind this one. Um, so they submitted the, a legal petition that actually had to be legally answered. So Don McIsaac, a commissioner on the WDFW, uh, opened the, I think it was the late December commission meeting by reading, no, this was the January 21st one. They open up this commission meeting in December or going into early January uh, by saying, hey, we, we think we made a mistake. This is Don McIsaac, a very pro hunting, very, very pro uh, spring bear hunting commissioner for Washington. Um, he said, I think we made a mistake. I think we need to continue the spring bear season and uh, evaluate while having a season. And it just made the blood boil of these other commissioners who are just anti-hunting period, uh, not logical thinking human beings or following science. You're just slapping the face of the biologists that spend their, that's their job is collecting data and being a biologist, you know, a, a good solid biologist that's going to go out there, be in the field, document these things. Uh, these Barbara Baker and Lorna Smith did not have uh, any common sense or do not appreciate science clearly. Sure. So, so this, this happened where there was going to be a revote. Uh, on Jan- January 21st, I think there was a commissioner meeting uh, stating that they brought this legal um, petition forward and said, hey, uh, I think that uh, actually the legal petition says, hey, we need to look at this again and we need to vote on this again. So they decided to do that, to look at it again and uh, to see if we could vote on continuing the bear season for 2022 and still doing further research into our bear issue if you will we don't have one the issue is overpopulation under hunted that's our issue uh if anything we need uh, over the counter spring bear season our neighbors to the south oregon uh have a spring bear season over the counter and they have less bears than us let's do the math washington uh so with that being said they voted on uh a revote <clears throat> so that being said we had a we had the favor in our hands at this time because one of the commissioners that voted no got up and left after he got the spring bear season taken away. He stepped down, resigned, got the spring bear season taken away. And a month later he quit being a commissioner. So that looks weird, but it gets weirder. So in January they voted on to, uh, they voted to have a revote. 
So it was a 4-3 tie now, or 4-3 victory for us. They voted on re-voting. So now we're going into this re-vote, and it was scheduled for March 19th, I think. From January 21st to March 19th, we magically filled three open commission seats that have been open for 20 months. Yeah. Hmm. How weird is that, right? In a span of a month and a half, we filled three open commission seats that have been open and vacant or overdone because uh, there was a couple commissioners that were still sitting in the commission seat whose seat was supposed to expire 12 months ago. They're still sitting in that seat. So that guy left. We filled three new commission seats. Um, in a month and a half, right before this gigantic spring bear vote. Mm. So magically, uh, the way the commission seats are filled are appointed by the governor, Jay Inslee. So the governor himself picks our seats. They're not voted on. Um, he just gets to pick them. So he picked three commissioners, and the vote came March 19th. All three of the new commissioners voted no on spring bear. Yeah. So, so this is, I, I had no idea that there was that much shenanigans involved um, Oh, yeah, dude. Involved it in got this. muddy. What, it got muddy. Like, who do you think, like, do you think this is a simple case of um, the governor not being understanding, not listening to maybe his, his voters and not paying attention to, like, the eastern part of the state, which is very much rural, more trying to appease mm-hmm. the, the Seattle side? Um, or do you think that there could be some other, you know, folks like PETA that are lobbying that are, like, I'm just, th- that's mind-blowing to me that there weren't more questions raised well, about mm-hmm. these three new it commissioners. Looks like, it looks like from an article from... Uh, you guys want to hear what you're looking up an article? Yeah, I, I've I got I've got a whole bunch of I did I did some you. research before we got into this because I wanted to be a little bit more informed. So here here yeah, I'll tell you I'll tell you one really quick. Go ahead. Um, the the husband of Lorna Smith, who is the number one vocalist for No Spring Bear Season, sure. her husband is the uh, president of Washington Wildlife First, an anti-hunting organization. Mm. How is that not a conflict of interest? So, okay, so I'll read this. I think that is a little weird. I'll read this. This is from opb.org. What OPB stands for? Um, I think it's Oregon Public Broadcasters uh is what it is but i cannot find they have opb everywhere um but i literally have no idea what what the heck that stands for um so it says however conservationists argued argued orphaning cubs during a spring season would be inevitable conservationists also said a spring bear hunt uh unfairly targets bears that are emerging from hibernation that's the lethargy thing you're talking about and then moreover conservation Mm -hmm. groups called for more study on black bear populations in washington Here's my thing. Um, I cannot find a single study on black bears in your state. I cannot find a single PDF document that says, hey, here's here's what we have. Uh, here's what we have in Washington. This is what's going on. Hey, hold, give me one second, guys. Down, down. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to just 
have my lab lay down real fast instead of messing with me. Um, but uh, so I can't find a single PDF article from Washington um, on WDFW.wa.gov. Uh, I might be looking at all the wrong places, mm-hmm. but I've I've been looking and I can't find anything. Uh, I, I searched. Ho- I believe that. The- okay. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> No, I was going to say that I believe that uh, the WDFW did present them with a uh, a study of some sort to the commission during this thing. So there might be one uh, recent one out there, and I believe there was an updated population estimate study. And there was. Um, that's the but, only uh, piece of thing I can find that says twenty five to 30,000 bears, which is yep. the, one of the highest yep. populations out of all the uh, lower 48 states. Uh, so in a yeah, five yeah. minute, We're up there. I took five minutes. And I searched the same mm-hmm. type of information using the exact same things, but with Colorado instead of Washington. And I can pull up a okay. CPW uh, human bear conflict report, um, among other things. But this is, I, having worked in CPW uh, for a couple of years, granted it's only a couple of years and I wasn't a biologist or anything. I worked with biologists. I, you know, have seen bears get removed non-lethally and lethally. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so I knew this stuff exists, but I'm saying it took me five minutes, whereas like it took forever yeah. to find anything on the, on the WDFW stuff. Um, and so, and so here's kind of, let, let me just read you some of Car- Colorado's information and, and, and I, you know, yeah, we, we can, we can start to, we can start to suss out like what might be happening in, in Washington with the, with the population. And I'm sure people already know this and people can imagine this, but I'm just trying to paint an overall picture here. All right. Yeah. So yeah. we can look up bear damage, uh, costs, um, on, uh, both on, uh, agriculture and non-agricultural things. Um, so like cattle, uh, what did that cost the, the state to pay? Because the, the state, we all pay taxes for that. Um, you mm-hmm. know, we'll all pay tax for that other stock apiary, which I, I believe is bees. Um, so if they, if, if a mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh, uh, bear wants to come in and instead of climb a tree, he wants to just, you know, uh, raid an apiary, <laughs> um, uh, like a, a beehive, beehive. Yeah, a beehive. A beehive. um, other personal property and sheep. And the highest one by far is sheep, um, uh, close to, um, 700 thousand dollars a year um so that's this holy holy that's pretty high um but let's other personal property um and and that was a high year that was a high year that it looks that's it looks like to be an outlier but let's just say the average is around four hundred thousand um a year um uh so then we got you know other personal property which it looks like the average is about two hundred thousand a year so you know we can start to add all that up and that's not even including the the beehives the the cattle and other stock uh cattle is pretty minimal though sheep is high uh sheep is very high and that's mostly just because of their location during uh the time of year you know i, I would yeah, assume always up in bear country um and then the number of bear mm-hmm. damage claims you know uh, it looked like in it looked like in two thousand and seven, two thousand actually it, it went through the roof. Um, so we have since nineteen ninety five, we have that many years of data here in Colorado. Um, 
And mm-hmm. uh, I'm just wondering where it all is in Washington. And maybe there's someone out there who's like, you an idiot. It's right here, you know. But it, it's not, I can't find it. I've been looking pretty much all day in preparation for this podcast i can't find it in a day where in five minutes i can find this stuff in colorado and it's literally the same keywords i typed into google it was it's not like i was searching on bing for the washington i was searching on i i used yahoo i used yahoo for the washington one that's what i did um <laughs> but then but then we got human use duck duck yeah go. duck duck go uh, um, no. <laughs> hey, maybe that'll maybe they'll allow you to uh, f- to find yeah. it if you search yeah. on DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Duck, um, so yeah, you would imagine that we would have you know like tree damage, agriculture damage. We would have all those kind of same reports. Um, I know we have. There was a study in the Blue Mountain, uh, the Blues, you know, that the borders Idaho, Washington, and Oregon. I know they just released a predator uh, on the elk herd, and predators were on that. So I would imagine that there is stuff like that around uh, the state. Yeah, but I mean. I'm not calling you a liar. If you can't find well, it, you and can't that's find what I'm it. I'm, I'm sure you're a smart guy. You're going to be it, able to it's pull not, it up. It's not super public facing. It is oh, my point. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not sure it exists. Yeah, you guys have biologists and they get paid to do something. I'm sure it exists. But I pay yeah. taxes on that. It's it's my information. Um, you know. Yeah, absolutely. We should be able yeah. to pull it up. And so like sure. I can yeah. see human bear conflict reports and then human bear conflicts uh uh compared to uh human population, Colorado bear mortality. Um and the newest one is 2014 and it's actually the highest in 2014 um w- with non-hunt mortality being the highest. Um and, and I'm going to I'm going to assume that non-hunt mortality includes uh lethal removal of bears. Um, which would make sense from yeah. my time at the CPW where we removed. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure Washington is going to get very familiar with uh, lethal removal here because we're not going to be able to take that 130 bears extra a which, year out of uh, the which, spring uh, population. Which I was looking at. A, I did I did find one report on, on, uh, um, on Washington, but it wasn't from Washington. Okay. It was from fishwildlife.org. Um, uh, and it mm. was on and so, it, so federal yeah and so here is the human bear conflict management stuff i could find on washington um uh and it looks like every year on average there's 250 uh reports and that's that that seems to be uh trending up but um that hunter harvest accounts for only 0.58 percent of the population according to um let me go through all these tabs here was that the spring bear numbers like 127 yes. bears yes out of the out of, yeah zero percent I, I do 0.58 percent uh, of the bears that you guys have uh yeah so and that's not sustainable yeah I'm, that's not sustainable I, no and and like i'm not i'm not here to to you know say one one way or the other i i'm totally for pro spring bear hunting uh personally I will say that. Um, I just think it's weird that when we start to look into this, like one, we can't find information like we can in other states. One, we're not given information like mm-hmm. we can by other states, um, like we have been with other states. Uh, and then two, weird stuff going on during the voting, weird stuff going on with people changing seats. Yep. I, it's it's just very odd. It seemed very odd to me, and I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on, um, but it just I seems know, man. Me very neither, odd. But it's hard not to. Yeah. 
Well, I, know, I mean the I the fact the fact that there were uh, you know open seats on this commission that hadn't been filled in twenty months, and then all of a sudden they get this wild hair to fill those seats. It, it's very strange. Um, I I want to touch on something because, and I and this might be a hot hot take from you, Jeff. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it's an unexpected question, uh, but I'm okay. going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. And so, so let me lay the groundwork. Okay. It is my opinion, and I think it's very apparent. You know, there's a lot of anti-hunting sentiment out there right now. Like, there's a lot of legislation. Mm-hmm. It seems like we're having a battle, and especially if you follow, you know, a bunch of hunting groups on Instagram, it's like every day there's. It seems like there's some bill that is is coming at our rights, right? Yep. I don't believe that these people give a shit about you know statistics or data or any of that stuff i mean they don't care about <laughs> property damage they really don't because because in in these people's minds and and i'm not trying to um say it's wrong i mean like i think some of these folks are coming at it from a place of passion they like these animals True. you know they like seeing them out yeah. there they just don't necessarily understand the whole thing and they don't yeah. um understand where their food is coming from they yeah. and especially with an animal like a bear and, and you kind of touched on it earlier you got Smokey the bear you got yogi bear you got winnie the pooh yep. you got yeah, all i these, literally all just made a reference bear to winnie the pooh <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly exactly yep um i guess my question is if you take the um, if you take the stats out of it in the science, right, and you just mm-hmm. go on morality and ethics, what mm-hmm. what what do you have to respond to these people? And I already have my argument, so I'm just my response to these people. But I, I'm curious to hear yours. Well, are you talking like why would I so why so would I hunt bears? Yes, yeah. yes. So so why why do you hunt bears, and why is it okay to hunt bears in the spring? throwing out like the the scientific statistics of population okay, sure, and all yeah. that stuff. No, I like that. And and I and I, I think about it often. Um because it, the, these questions and the and everybody come you can't help but to take a look back and be like it, do they have a point? You know like it if you're not being you're not being a logical person if you don't. If you're getting even if you know you're in the right, you have to take a step back at all times and evaluate yourself. You know like hey, am I in the wrong here? Hey, am Am, am I doing things right? Do I know, should we be doing this? And I think that's what any good hunter or any just good person in general should always be doing. Sure. And absolutely, we are in the right here. You know, I want to know where my food comes from. I want to manage, manage predators because I also want a very happy and healthy ungulate population. And if you don't manage predators, I don't care what, you're, what you do or what you argue, you're the only ones that's going to pay the price are the ungulates, whoever's lower on that food chain and hunting mule deer in, in the West hunting mule deer in my home state of Washington is my number one, like passion in life. And I have young children and I hope to God that one day I'm able to take them to the spots that my dad has taken me with, you know, family members that mean a lot to me. And I'm going to chase the beautiful animals that inhabit that land. And if we just let these predators roam our landscape uh, whether we like it or not we're humans and we're the top of the food chain and we have a role to play and if we let these animals just roam unchecked 
then the only thing that's going to take the repercussions from that are the animals below these bears on the food chain. And I don't care like what you say that bears are going to kill ungulates. If you don't understand that bears are going to kill other bears, these bears that are not going to be harvested from hunters uh, are going to either a eat each other. They're going to die a, a brutal death of, of hypothermia, or if they make it to that age where they're going to die a very brutal death of starvation, we have a role to play on this landscape and hunting and, and conservation uh, conservation is our, we have a very, very important place on this, in this food chain, in this world that is ours and hunting means a ton to me. And I know where my food, once, once I'm successful and I bring a bear home, there's so many things and so many meals I can provide my family with that I know that is clean, organic meat. Uh, I'm enjoying the wild outdoors, which is good for everybody. Uh, I'm passing down this knowledge and I'm passing down a passion that I, I care more uh, about than anything on this planet Earth that I would love to do for the rest of my life. And if we're not allowed to manage these predators, hunting in general is going to slowly slip away from us. It starts with predators because they will just wreak havoc on our ungulate population, whether it's going to be our moose calves, our deer fawns, our elk fawns, our sheep, our goats. And then once, once that, those wild animals are done and eaten up, where are they going to turn, turn to next? Like, like Lee just said, they have problems with private livestock already. Now let's just completely let these animals roam unchecked. And, and if you think about displacement of hunters when we're on the landscape in the spring, let's just say that hunter's not even successful. But you put 100 tag holders in a unit in calving season, in fawning season, just the presence mm-hmm. of hunters is going to displace these predators and give these ungulates a chance. We know where ungulates fawn. They, they fawn in these wide open meadows. They fawn down in, in the greenest, luscious pastures. And if, we're, if we have the human presence there and we are pressuring these bears, we're going to save a couple of fawns just by being in the woods, just by displacing these predators. Once we just take us out of this ecosystem and these bears just get to ra- just roam unchecked from December, what, November 15th when we can't hunt them all the way till August now, how much more damage are they going to do? when there's, no, there's not even a hunter out there displacing them. They're, we're not even interrupting their lively, their, daily, their day-to-day routine where a, a big boar was going to be like, he knows better. Like when, when he smells humans, he knows like, oh, I got to get out of here. Now this bear is just not going to do anything. He's just going to roam until he finds that tasty little fawn. So I believe that hunters, I've said it a million times, I believe that we play a very important role and we can't just back out cold turkey. We're just, if we do back out, we're just going to see repercussions. And the only things that are going to pay for that are our ungulate population. And I think we have to stand up for them. And we're going to continue this fight and continue to try to get it back and at least let them know that there is a ton of us pissed off hunters and conservationists that care way more about animals than you do. <laughs> uh, that's a, you, uh, you definitely well, ended it there with a, with a, uh, yeah, with just a, a freaking mic drop. Mic yeah. Drop. yeah, mic drop. I, I wanted to say like so, nail, nail yeah. in the coffin. Man, oh boy, this sun is bright, right in my eyes. Hold on. Yeah, I can oh. see. <laughs> so I think you hit on some very good points there. Um, 
And I think that the key point that a lot of people don't understand about, you know, a lot of these people say, okay, well, if, if you don't manage the, the bears, then, or, or like if, if hunters displace, uh, you know, ungulates, then we should take deer hunting away too. That's a very flawed argument, right? And mm-hmm. the main thing that I think people need to understand with all management is we have inserted ourselves into the ecosystem. Like we're, mm-hmm. we, we literally control everything. And, and people are always talking about, oh, just let nature, nature take hold. Okay. This is cool. a Jurassic so Park. We got to get rid of. It yeah. won't find a way. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you. It, it will not. It will not. Because look, how many, how many acres of forest are, are taken down for you know, new buildings every year, new houses? You'd have to stop, completely stop all that in order for that argument to work. You'd have to let all the agricultural fields just disappear in order for that, let it go back to nature um argument to be valid you'd have to Mm -hmm. get rid of i mean you'd essentially have to get rid of cars every single piece of modern technology every big city on every big city and and that's what i don't think a lot of people think about it's like okay like we're we have taken on this role of being the shepherds for these animals we got to control the bears yes but we also control the deer Right. So there's mm-hmm. like this this good balance of work. We're controlling everything. And, um, you know, it would be awesome if we could just go back to the Stone Age. Right. Everybody has the the fantasy of just, you know, being a Native American on the on the plains where there was just all this bountiful game. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just not a reality. Right. It's, it's not a reality to let things go back to nature um, without just I mean. Unless there's a nuclear I, war, maybe I it'll make happen. A very, Who knows? But. I make a very <laughs> cynical joke, but it's kind of, it's not a joke. It, it's, it's true, but I, I, I kind of make it into a joke. I make a very, very cynical joke that goes, you know, I, I'll give PETA their new platform for like the ultimate, uh, like standing up for wildlife and, and critters, whatever. Um, and that's to, that's to distribute a cyanide pill to every human being in the world. And we all take it at, you know, a certain given time. And, and we all perish and are gone forever. Every human on on the face yeah. of the planet is 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 killed instantly, and 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 lets the lets the population of of critters figure itself out. Because then it, it probably will. That's <laughs> yeah. that is a situation probably, where it will go only... to Jurassic Park. Life finds a way type deal. Is if PETA distributes yeah. Yeah. a cyanide pill to every human being. I would really like to see how that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, how that is received by everyone, whether it's PETA or whoever else. But uh, there, there you go. There's a new idea for uh, um, some some of the things out there. Well, but the yeah. problem is that's not ethical treatment of animals because we're animals. And I, I think that's, that's right. the big, yeah. that's the one thing that people like, people that you can take away from hunting and like hunters understand and people that get out in the wild a lot understand. But people who are looking at this from, you know, a 30,000 foot view don't understand. Like we're very much still a part, like we're an apex predator. That's what we are. Yeah. That's, that's how we got to, to be able to shoot a gun. Like we're not, I mean, who knows? Maybe we came down and were touched by aliens and that's how we became, you know, intelligent. They built but the pyramids. If you believe biology, yeah, they built the pyramids. Mm-hmm. But if you believe biology and you believe, you know, 
natural evolution and, and Darwin's theories and stuff, <clears throat> we got to the point right now because we were a part of the ecosystem and we just, we kind of mastered it. And so like, it's, it's, it's a very, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with it. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm like super passionate about it. And I think, um, I think, I think people hearing us get riled up about it if they were to actually listen to this podcast they'd understand a little bit more but it's it's like the whole yeah. it's just the whole outcry yeah, that's why, situation it's the whole us versus you know and that's them. why i try to like you know take a step back Let, let's talk about some numbers here because if we can remove for the most part um you know like even me like making fun of PETA, you know i'm sure that's going to piss someone off but i would actually i would actually have a conversation with someone from PETA about it you know and it would be and it would be a uh, a pleasant one like i wouldn't try to like punch him in the face or anything um uh <laughs> but you know like i feel like it's not jeff's like i, I feel like it's not always yeah. reci- <laughs> i feel like it's not yeah. always reciprocated yeah, Mike you know what i'm saying like um yeah. you know if we could just take a step back have a conversation um without uh buzzwords like murder um i think that was one used in the in the whole campaign to end and um the season there in Washington was the word murder, um, which I was like, that's oh, yeah. mm, no, that's not right. That's you can't use that. And like, and say it's not, you know, uh, uh, uh what do I say? Emotionally charged or, or it has some sort yeah, of exactly. agenda. You yeah. can't use that word. Now, if you're like, uh, you know, we want to stop bear hunting. Like, uh, here's my bill to stop bear hunting because we've been trending down for the past 10 years in our bear population. And that's a completely different yeah, yeah. conversation. Yeah. I'd be like, hmm, that way. okay. Even me as a hunter would be like, all right. Yeah, probably let's, let's, uh, let's bring it back up. You'd be the first ones to volunteer. Yeah. Okay. Let's stop. Let's stop hunting uh-huh, them for a couple absolutely. years. Then. But yeah. if, if they could come at, they can, they, yeah. if they could come at us with facts saying, Hey, our bear population is trending down. Uh, we're, we're down, you know, 35% in the last two years. I guarantee you, you wouldn't have a peep. Yeah. Hunters would be like, yep, <clears throat> we totally get it. We understand. We've, uh, we've gotten a little out of control. We've had a couple good years. Let's, uh, let's reel it back in a couple of years, you know, hit yeah. a pause button, but just completely out of nowhere. When you have, you've been provided the stat, the stat, the stats and data from biologists saying, Hey, we don't have a population issue. We don't have an over harvest issue. We're not over. We can sustain our spring bear hunt for years to come. Here's the data. And you just go, Oh no, 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 no. This is murder. Let's stop the spring bear hunt. Then okay, that's a different conversation. You're you obviously have some kind of agenda that to follow. You're not listening to science. You're not listening to data. You're you're just here following an agenda. Uh, we need to have a further conversation. And it's 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 horrifying to me that nine people on a panel that don't know when we hunt turkeys uh, can take away our spring bear season just like that, which is with a push of a button. Yeah, or a I mean that's that's just absolutely absurd, man. I mean. So is there is there any hope? Is this ban at a point where it was just banned for this season, or has there been any legislation that has pushed pushed it forward to next season? Is there going to be another vote coming up here? That is there anything we can do to get it back? Um, at this point, I I think uh, I don't know. I've heard some rumors. I've heard some things, uh, some groans that there there might be another legal action coming down. Um. But I don't know. I, I would I would be very very uh, surprised if we ever got the spring bear season back. Um, I just don't see it happening with this certain group of people on the commission. 
uh, they did say that, hey, this is, doesn't mean it's gone forever. It's just a pause. But we all know what that means. Once you take something away, exactly. Once you take something away, it's very hard to get it back. Uh, they took away baiting bears in 97 with the same thing. Well, it doesn't mean it's gone forever. It's 2022 and we haven't had it back. So baiting bears, uh, now just spring bear in general. I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years that they start targeting our fall bear. It's just, uh, it's just the way it's going to go. And I, I'm, I'm honestly scared for the future of, of Western hunting and just on hunting in general. I hope, I hope that it's around long enough to, I can take all my kids and, and hopefully grandkids. But right now it's, it's a little terrifying. If you look at uh, how.org uh, since January and see how many uh, petitions were available to sign or get in on an email. I mean, California was just last week, you know, it's still going. Um, it's just around the West, man. It was, yeah. it was cats and, and stuff in Arizona. Uh, it was hound hunting in New Hampshire or something, you know, a couple months ago. It's, it's just nonstop and predators are the easiest thing to target because there's such a, there's such an easy target for, for people like this to just stand out in the streets and get votes for. Do you believe, you know, cougars should be murdered. That's the way they target it. And they say, Hey, let me get your signature. And then of course, who in the right mind would say, Hey, should you murder a baby kitten? Like, of course, someone, you know, Karen from the street is going to sign yeah, especially that. Especially when they use the uh, word. No one kitten. wants to hear. No one wants. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want, do you want bear cubs to die? You shove that in your face at, at the Haggins. Who's going to not say, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's just an easy target, man. Like, do you, do you want, you know, bear cubs to die? Do you want cougar kittens to be orphaned? It's however you term, it's however you state these, these, these statements and then get signatures. And then all of a sudden the crazy cat ladies from New Jersey, thanks to COVID could patch in, uh, in all these commission meetings. This is really what the dumpster fire started was COVID because now anyone around the world can zoom in to a commission meeting, which otherwise you had to be there in person to voice your opinion. Now you can zoom call in from your mom's basement in New Jersey and say, Hey, we shouldn't kill bears. And now the commission has to listen to you. You know, it's, so, it's, uh, I don't know about you guys wild. have, I don't know if it's just because I've been, um, you know, you know, social media, everything's more active now. Um, and mm-hmm. I've been, you know, obviously working at seek outside, very involved in the, in the hunting world. Um, but it seems like over the last like two years, there has been way more of these bills than I can remember in my my hunting yeah, dude. you guys feel that same way yeah 100 percent, man yeah. yeah they were it's non-existent coming. It's, it's coming uh, for like 2014 15 i would say that they were like non-existent really yep. yeah agreed man it was just getting better like our, our fall bear it got increased they gave us uh they gave us a better season for fall bear you know i think it was 20 I think it was even like 2017, 2018. They gave us more fall bear and statewide two bears. They didn't stagger it. It used to be, you know, one on the West, one on the East. Um, so, I mean, it was four or five years ago, guys, we had better seasons. And then now just flip of a hat. It's, Hey, we need to take it away. So yeah. I, I don't know. Where did all that That's logistic scary, go man. from five years ago? It's scary. I feel like, I was listening to this on the Meat Eater podcast today, and I totally agreed with it. But I feel like the hunting community needs some offense, right? Like we've just been on yeah. on the defensive side of all these things. You know, I don't know how many petitions I've signed this last year, or or even like 
I've legitimately, I wrote an email to Washington uh, Department of Fish or the the whatever they had up on Howell there. California, yep. they were just trying to ban their bear season. At, yep. You know, did that. I had a caribou hunt up in Alaska. They were trying to take those units away. Wrote a letter yeah. up there. I feel like it's just been defense, defense, defense. I, I feel like there needs to be some offense where we go back and like if we can if we can bring spring bear back in colorado or washington but in colorado specifically just because it's been gone for a while i feel like it might have a better chance of coming back you know people have forgotten about why we why we banned it but i feel like it would be it would be very um very beneficial for the hunting crowd and just a a morale boost for us oh my god yeah it'd be be genius yeah yeah you guys yeah, got any proposed did, plans? Uh, what are we, we going to do? Who who yeah, are we going to hire? Yeah, yeah, no kidding, man. Let's get uh, let's get Joe Rogan. I mean, yeah, there we talking go. about it. Yeah, start talking about stuff, making some waves. <laughs> oh, no, but seriously, I think it's a great idea. We just uh, but realistically, we just can't get quiet. This is what they want us to do. They just want us yeah. to get quiet and just fall into the new norm of just losing hunts. But that's the worst thing we could possibly do is just is just get quiet and and say, well, dang, that was a fun hunt. We can't, you know, we gotta we gotta stay vocal. We gotta stay uh, on the on the forefront of this. We have to be loud and we have to to keep continue fighting for them we have to send emails we still have to make a ruckus about it and let hey you're not off the hook for what you did we know what you did was wrong um we know you know it was wrong and you're you're acting out of you know uh false pretenses here so yeah don't don't get quiet don't just put your head down and say hey it was a fun hunt hopefully uh i'll remember that forever but no let's let's get loud and and stay on top of it and and hopefully Hopefully something happens in the next couple of years where we can get it back and have an opportunity mm-hmm. to, but yeah, don't get discouraged. Don't get quiet. Don't just uh, say, okay, and settle for it. I think we still have to remain optimistic, obviously, and remain loud and just keep fighting for it because, Hey, they're coming for him. So you're going to have yeah. to steal them from us. Yeah. Well, Mic drop. now that I'm all depressed, let's end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think, I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of organizations out there that are doing some really great things. And I, I do think yeah. that hunting is becoming a lot more popular. I mean, obviously, we've experienced it in the woods. Just there's, there's more people out there. Um, I'm sure you've experienced that in Washington. But I, th- I think there's some more momentum uh, gaining to where hopefully one of these days the momentum will switch the other way and we'll start you know, getting some of those hunts back and stuff like that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, I, I don't really have much more to say. I, I kind of want to think about that and <laughs> dive more into the Washington thing. I, uh, yeah. like, like after we get off here, just look into it a little bit more. Um, yeah, man, do it. You definitely provided a lot of good information, at least for me. I was I was kind of blind on the whole situation, but I'm, I'm glad we could have you on to talk about that and the happy stuff, the turkey hunt. That that was yeah, really really awesome to to hear about. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do it, man. Do it. Yeah, try it. I'm gonna do it with both sleeves, though. Well, dude, do yeah. I feel like maybe it's a good idea to just keep uh, a wing, a turkey wing, next dude, time. Yeah. You know? Now and we're talking. Just take it out. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like That's a. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. I'm gonna steal it. I already. <laughs> I already got rid of mine. I turned all mine into fly tying material, my wings. But uh, next year, 
Now you go, boy. Now you <laughs> can like kill one in the fall and have one ready for the spring. Yeah, there, there we go. go. There we go. I guess so. Yeah. Yep. Well, Lee, you got anything else, man? I have nothing. Nope. That's it yeah. for me, man. I'm just I'm taking away I'm taking away the the sleeve thing, and I'm you know. You guys see my bear? Yeah. Hey, that's a beautiful man. Like that's the chocolate. What I just get to look at after talking, taking yeah. away. I just get to look yeah, at that. There you go. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Man. Nothing. Nothing else on my end. I'm just glad that uh, glad you still got your spring turkey hunts and um, you know yeah I I, I wholeheartedly agree. Let's uh, keep uh, uh, keep pressing them. You know. Keep keep, yeah, keep fighting. Keep, keep being loud and and making it hard. Um, because hopefully. Hopefully one day they give up. Probably won't happen, but yeah. Uh, yeah. hopefully one day they do. Mm-hmm. Well, you never know. You never know if you fight back hard enough. You know. Yeah. Just gotta gotta fight like a like a coyote in a in a foothold trap or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, if uh, you fight hard enough, long enough, you're you're bound to win one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, cool. Well, sweet Jeff. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Definitely um, am excited to hear your stories about the uh, Montana uh, and yeah, hopefully man. Idaho uh, spring bear yep. hunts. And we'll be, yep. I know I will be checking out the uh, the YouTube page regularly here <laughs> for these these next few videos. Mm-hmm. Definitely, when, when is that, can you say when that turkey film's coming out? You, you know, know uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on it. Uh, I got I to gotta get some more footage from Samung, but unfortunately... So Mung just took off for Idaho for spring bear as well. So I think he's going to be in the woods for the next seven days. Uh, I got to have him Dropbox me over some, some footage, but I can put together ours here. I would say uh, in the month of May, it'll be out. So keep, okay. uh, keep an eye on the, the YouTube channel for all the listeners out there. Head over to Pee and Wild and, and check out the YouTube channel. We have a, a turkey series from last year and then a lot of cool big game hunts from around the West. We travel outside of the state, uh, Wyoming, uh, Idaho, Montana, Colorado, Washington. Uh, yeah, check it out, man. But not We're, Colorado, uh, Trying to be right? active on there. And because it's hard to get tags. No, we, we have done Colorado. We've done the, oh, yeah, Colorado. Yeah, it, don't hunt it's Colorado. Hard to, you, you, didn't, you didn't kill anything, It's hard to right? get tags. And didn't shoot anything. Nowhere, yeah. nowhere. No, no, no. No, 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 third, no third season mule deer hunt in Colorado on our YouTube. Don't go look yeah, at that. Yeah, definitely don't uh, go look at that. Yeah, Please. <laughs> definitely uh, not. Definitely not. Yeah, it's like a running joke in the office now that we are always sarcastic about about that yep 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 yeah. colorado's horrible for mule deer don't have any of them there's Stay a away. lot i think it's, there's a lot of elk in uh, like well uh, larimer county isn't there isn't that like the heart of <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah larimer county yeah. i think uh elbert county yeah. um mm-hmm. you know some of those ones out east eastern colorado's little known hidden gem yeah. for elk hunting that's for I've sure. I've heard like a thing or two about like the Gunnison Basin for mule deer. Have you guys ever heard of that? Gunnison Basin. I, I think it sucks, dude. <laughs> I don't, I've, I've heard bad, bad things. I don't even about know that. if that place exists, <laughs> actually. Oh, is that not? Uh, yeah, it must I think, be. I just yeah, heard a rumor about it. That's Washington. <laughs> yeah. It's up in Washington. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Well, boys, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to jump on and to chit chat with you. I am extremely excited to 
to kind of do some more things with Seek Outside. So appreciate that on that side of it. And uh, yeah, we're just stoked to continue on and do cool things. And hopefully uh, we'll link up. And I know uh, Ryan, before you jumped on, Lee was saying he's going to take me fly fishing. So um, that'd be fun. Hopefully you can come with us. Yeah. I don't remember that, but I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> well, I'm if, with uh, it. I got them dialed this year. I got them dialed. Do you, Ryan? Because you went out, you went out with a spinner fisherman, and I was counting on you. I was counting on you to represent the fly fishing community and to catch fish and to catch big fish. And you let the spinner fisherman catch more and way well, bigger well, the spinner fish. Spinner fishing got you. I d- did I? I didn't. Did I tell you about my last trip on the on that river that I really liked? And to then go? and then he went out. He went and bought a spin rod. Ryan went and bought a spin rod. And he went out with crankbait. Come out. (laughs) Yeah. Power bait, actually. It was power bait. Big old green thing of power bait. Yeah. Nice. Chartreuse power bait. You can't beat it, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Hey. Put a little bit of that on the end of my fly rod and get good rest. So disappointed. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) No. no, come out, man. We'll we'll get you Let's on some do fish. It. That's for sure. Let's yeah, do but. it, man. That'd be a blast. Yeah, Lee was talking about coming out and and hanging out the at the Seek Outside HQ, doing a little tour or something like that, and then going fishing. Yeah. I think that'd we be should, a good we time. Should like a, we oh, should do yeah, like a float cool. or something. Definitely. We should. We should yeah, float. yeah, please. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd You're, be sweet. Well, mm-hmm. content coming your way, folks. Content. That's coming what I'm your saying. Way. Yeah, content is king. Let's keep it rolling, huh, boys? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right, dudes. Well, y'all have a good night. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, me too, man. That's a good one.